Hey, what's the word, y'all? It's fast money, yet. Yeah. I've been off the Porsche, but I just jumped off the Porsche for 30 Glove Bastards. It's 30, we been sending shots since 6 o'clock. That's how you see him, he'll be facing stuffed up in a box. Most my homies still- All right, y'all, so we got the coolest, personally, I think one of the dopest. On the porch, we got Fast Money and How are you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. So, let's talk about, we see you changing the forces right now. You oh, gotta yeah. let the people know what it, when it comes to the white forces, like if there's a code, there's a rule that I have when it comes to the white forces. Look, you know this, all the dope boy, well, anything, really anything, cause everybody know the ones go with whatever outfit you wanna wear. You only can get like one or two wears out there, see. Sometimes you can, if you don't do a lot of walking, you could probably get like two or three. But you can only get, you can't get that many wears. But it's so decent because they only $100, you know? Right. So you're really able to bam how you want. Like I, when I go bam, I buy like five pairs at a time. Well, nah, not no more. They don't even let you buy more than three pairs no the more. The way that forces are right now, like they low key hard to find and I never thought that we would see this day. Yeah, it's cause they want to break in stores and, <laughs> and loot and shit. Nah, they, I cuz right. Yeah, he, he got the green light. Okay, <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they want to break in stores and loot. So now you can't even find these. Now they won't even let you walk out the store with more than three pairs of shoes. But you want to know what was also the thing? You know, a lot of people are painting the forces, like designing the forces and stuff oh, yeah. like that in bulk. So anybody watching this interview, I need somebody to customize me some ones. I'll be seeing them hook swerve up, swerve be having customized ones. I'll be fucking with them. Man. Cool. <laughs> Now, okay, I just wanna ask you really quick, when is it time to change the forces? You can't wait till they start again wrinkled, like till they start again creased up, you can't wait to that. You should be able to know when your force is ready. Like really I just count, like if I feel like I'll warm like three times as old, or if I feel like I see it like that little corner. If I see that little corner sticking out, getting fat, I'll be like, all right, it's time I know to give exactly it up. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> now, so you said, okay, so just to count, how many forces do you have in your closet right now? Yeah, well, we just go grab. I didn't want to go grab, like, I didn't want to go grab three. I already had two. So, like, five. I got five in my closet. I got two in the car. Well, these would have been the third ones, but I got these on my feet. So yeah, five, six, seven. I'm I got like eight right now. I'm glad you know the code, you know the rules when it comes to forces. You can't be out here looking, but girls look at your shoes first. That's what I heard. I heard girls look at your feet. Or maybe that's a myth, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I know. Okay, so you want me to give you some real game? Yeah, like what's some up? real game. Let me know. I'm, I'm gonna tell you what the, what the girls like, you want to know how to get the get the girls? Let me know. It's that cologne that you're wearing. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you wear the cologne, you know, we still going to look at the shoes, but if you got a good cologne on, you know, we might let you get a pass. I better say that. See, I, I love cologne. I got on cologne early. I got on cologne when I was like 11. Oh, I got so on cologne. Who was your first, your first cologne you purchased at 11? I think it was... It was some bullshit. It was probably like some Adidas or something. I didn't want to know. It wasn't no nothing big, but I knew because my OG used to tell me like, "Girls ain't gonna like you if you blah blah blah," you know. So 
She put me on getting my nails done, my feet done, cologne. I started all that early. And I remember when I was younger, I used to drench myself because I didn't know how much to put on. So I was just spraying everything. Mm -hmm. I used to come home, I mean, go to school, smell like the whole bottle. Like I just opened up the bottle and poured it on myself. I'm broke, but. Mm, so as you're talking, I do notice that your nails are manicured. Oh yeah, sure. Talk I gotta go back. Talk about the importance of just keeping yourself up as a man. You gotta keep your nails. Look, listen, you can't play with, never mind, I ain't gonna. No, this, oh wait, I know. <laughs> you can't do that with with no dirty nails, man. They don't. The girls don't like that, man. You gotta make sure you straight out here. You can't be, you can't be playing around, out here, man. I'm sorry, I gotta pause. Cause <laughs> All right, now you didn't gave us, you didn't gave us some game. You didn't gave us some codes. So. Oh yeah, remember that. We finna, we about to get into... You can't play with the cat if your nails whack. Quote that. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> you can't play with the cat. They heard it, man, huh? They heard that. <laughs> Y'all heard that. But that's facts, though. That's facts. So let's get into you and everything about you. So listen, you're from Inglewood, Chicago. We got to talk about what we going down in Inglewood. Yeah. Really? Everything you hear for real, but everything you hear be on the outside looking in. So they gonna overstress it like, I ain't gonna act like a nigga dying every five seconds, but it's violence going on. It's, but I feel like it's violence everywhere. It we really just is, get yeah. light shined on us because of the rap, because of the, I feel like the rap made the light shine on us even more. You know, because honestly, I don't even think it's worse than what it was back in the day. Like, from what I hear, I don't even think it's as, as bad as what it was back in the day. It's just now, it ain't no big homies or nothing like that. So everybody can get a gun. Like, back in the day, only certain people had guns, you know? Because they had a job. You, you do this, you do this, you do this. Nowadays, guns, whatever, you get you 400, 500, 600 dollars, you go get you a gun. And you do whatever you want, anybody can pull the trigger, so, you know. Then it's rap music, getting them kids' heads, they, I don't know. So where would you say you noticed that, man, like Chicago getting kind of crazy? Uh, see, being from there, we don't really think about it like that, because, I mean, unless you got the vision shit to move out, but I ain't started thinking about moving out until I started rapping. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I never thought about Chicago getting crazy. I was just like, damn, I gotta move smarter now because this just happened. Or I gotta move smarter because they just hit close them up. Or, you know, mm. there wasn't no Chicago getting crazy because I'm from there. So it's always been like that, you know? What would you say Chicago really teaches you growing up there? Uh, it make you grow up fast, like faster than what you than than what you should grow up. Because I'll be looking at, at certain families like like shit. Even white families and shit, like I be seeing they they people they kids be staying with them till they 23, 24, 24, and they got no problem with it. Nowadays, we got young, young baby mamas, they kick you out when you 18, 17, get out of here. 
Or, all right, you grown now because you 18, get out of my house and go make you a living. Or, you know, throwing them out to the streets. You know, they, now you, you, you can't do nothing but fend for yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do want to ask you, because I know you was working a job at a really early early age so was it so basically i would like to ask why did you feel the need to work a job at the age that you were working it at all right so my great granddad he came here he came to uh i said hell we in Atlanta. he came to chicago and he was working his ass off and he started working with these people and they ended up getting the heroes. And I guess as the person he was working for got older, my granddad was just real close to him. So he ended up giving my granddad the heroes and they started opening up more of them. So it was like a family thing. So now like everybody in my family work at heroes, whichever one, that's Harold's chicken. And shit, you start off when you young. So I probably had my first job when I was like 12, 11, 12 as the cashier. I never cooked. I couldn't cook. <laughs> My first day working, they had me uh, trying to fry some chicken. Everybody was complaining. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, cause I, I what moved. Was you doing with the chicken? I was moving too slow. I guess I, they they wanted their food. I ain't want grease to pop on me. I'm not finna be cooking nobody food. You know, as always, like I don't even make my own food. <laughs> what I like cooking y'all food. I gotta hit y'all mouth. Then they come angry. Now I'm mad. I'm taking longer with their food and shit. <laughs> but now nah, I was the cashier though. I dealt with the money. So I did that like 11, 12. I think everybody started off that young in our family. But then my great granddad ended up passing when I was like 14. So when he passed, we lost all the heroes and shit. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, so, like 14, 15. So with you working at that age, did, were you able to also experience a childhood, like play with your friends and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. See, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, on the outside looking in, they make, they make like Chicago, like, well, back then, like, we ain't play around and blah, blah, and we always grew up with guns and blah, like, guns ain't come on till later, you know? Back then, we used to go outside to the park, basketball, like, we had game systems, no kids was in the house playing the game back then. I'm saying back then, like, I'm old as hell, but, like, now had kids all on YouTube and the game and shit, we oh, all was no. at the park, but we all was outside at the court playing basketball, blah, blah, so. I was growing up playing outside and shit. Now, I watched one of your interviews and you stated that your life started to shift once you got older and started to really like experience the world on your own. So, you know we gotta ask, at what age did you jump off the porch? It all depends on what you consider jumping off. I don't consider a lot of what other people consider jumping off the porch like. 
I've been on my block all my life, for real. Mm -hmm. You know? And I was always, like, outside to 12, 1, 2 in the morning shooting dice. Like, some people count that as being off the porch, or some people count getting their first gun as being off the porch, or I don't say certain shit off the porch. I feel like you gotta do stuff, you know? Yeah. So I can't answer your question. <laughs> but I can say, like, all the shit that rappers think, like, Gunnar Ben was doing that, mm -hmm. like, I've been gambling shit since I was, like, 12. So I was always outside in other hoods, shooting dice, or I always had some know me, or other people had some known them to make sure I was straight, you know? Now, when it comes to shooting dice, I absolutely do not understand it. I don't know what it is, but my mind cannot grasp the concept of how to shoot dice. I just learned that it's different everywhere. Like here, and hey, y'all shoot dice with three dice, and y'all, like, in Iraq, we only replayed two dice. It's 7-11, when you win, 2-3-12, crap out, any other thing, your point. Out here, they shoot dice with three on um, I don't know what the hell that is. Then they got mandatory rules. You got to hit it <laughs> off the wall and shit. I ain't finna hit shit off no wall. I was shooting dice with uh, some of my homies who live out here now. They from the rack. I can't believe they let the A brainwash them now. They don't shoot dice unless they play by the A rules. I'm like, bro, you grew up over east. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, I was mad as hell. What the fuck you mean I can't roll regular? I got to roll up against the wall and shit. That shit weird. So like you that. hit the, so basically, are you like bouncing the dice off the wall? Yeah, so here, I'm not doing that, Pit. But I guess you got to throw it off the wall. And whatever it land on, it's whatever it land on. And yeah, but out in, in Iraq, you can not, it, people do hit it off the wall in Iraq, but it's not mandatory. Out here, they stress it like you can't hit it off the wall. I mean, you, you got to hit it off the wall. What would you say is like the biggest W you took shooting dice? The biggest, huh? The biggest W, like the biggest win you took shooting dice. Shit. I won a lot. I won a lot, a lot of times. I think the most money I won off dice was probably a 10. I won probably like 10,000 off dice. Wow. Or probably more, probably, I probably won more in a, in a week span. But like in a day, probably like, because people don't know that's really like a job. Like we'll pop out, like at, I got five, we'll start shooting dice at like 8 p.m. Motherfuckers won't go in the crib until six o'clock in the morning. For real? Swear to God, all my life. That's how all my dice games end. Like, <laughs> unless I feel like I won enough and I'm like, man, fuck y'all, I'm gone. But if I'm trying to play get back, oh, best believe, ain't nobody going nowhere. We gonna sit here until something happens. Until okay. I lose everything or until I win back all my money, plus y'all. You serious? You know? like, oh, hell yeah. Game. One day, because growing up, I used, to, I used to do dumb little kid shit. Like, growing up, we looked up to the rappers and blah, blah. Not so much as I want to rap, but damn, I want to have a whole bunch of money in my pocket. Or I want to wear the all-white ones with the white t-shirt or with the chains, you know? So I used to go outside with all my money in my pocket. However much money I had to my name, it was in my pocket. I ain't had no money in no bank, no shoebox, none of that. I had all the money I ever had in my pocket. I used to go outside, I kid you not, shoot dice and lose all my money in like two hours. I swear to God, now I'm shitty. Now I gotta go to one of my 
my, the, the older people like, damn, let me hold 100, let me hold 200. And I take their money and I go back to the dice game and I gamble <laughs> their money. But I'm so lucky, like I grew up lucky as hell. When I was, I told you I was shooting dice at like 12. I always used to come back all the time. Like I lose all my money. I go borrow two, three hundred dollars. I win all my money back plus they money. So now I got enough to pay them back plus some for putting me back in the game. And I'm still going home with what I had plus like two, three more thousand, you know? Bro. Oh, wow. So yeah, answer. What was your, oh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> but I lost a lot too though. Like this yeah. shit win or lose. You can't go in this shit thinking like, like a lot of people, they be scared to take risks. Like all this shit just taking risks because it ain't no such thing as being raw at dice. Like you can't roll it and be like, I'm gonna roll a seven and then a seven just gonna magically appear. It shit hit or miss, win or lose, you know? But you gotta think about it like, shit, I can win everybody money right now. Think about it, it's PPP time. Everybody got a dub or better on them. I can win everybody money right now. And I can go home with zero dollars. What you gonna, what risk you gonna take? If you came out the house $2,000, it's 10 niggas right there with $20,000 each. You gonna be like, nah, I don't wanna lose my 2000 Hell no. Nah. You know, you wanna win that however much out there. So, you know, I have seen like just throughout the news when the dice games do get serious and somebody end up, you know, not being so lucky. Does it ever <laughs> get that real in the uh, dice game? For sure, niggas don't know how to hold their temper. Niggas be on their pit. See, I don't shoot dice with younger people. That's more of the younger crowd. They get rowdy and shit like that. Shit like that made me nervous. I don't like shit like that. I, I, I be quick to want to do something. You know, I like shooting dice with the older people because they know what's going on. They didn't did this shit a thousand times. So they know if they, if they lose, they just gonna go to the crib to their stash and come back. Younger niggas, they wanna, they lose. They wanna argue and fight and woof. I don't do none of the talking. I don't like talking. I don't, I'm gonna just take your money. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna just take your money. <laughs> you know, they be wanting to talk and argue and shit like that, get rowdy. I don't fuck with that. I, don't. I, be, I, I got too many people around me. Like, when I go shoot dice, mm -hmm. it be a lot of people around me that's not shooting dice, and they there for that specific reason. Fuck when anybody get rowdy. You know? Mm hmm. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about how basically you writing poetry really sparked your whole journey in music. So just touch on that a little bit for us. Uh, I start, well, really, only the way I started rapping, I had one poem in my, in my notes, and I wrote it for my OG for Mother's Day. It was a Mother's Day poem, and I just wanted to say it to her because I ain't buy nothing. <laughs> I am sorry, Ma, you know now. I bought your car and your flowers the same day as Mother's Day. But I wasn't planning on buying you nothing, so I wrote you something so you can cry and shit. Damn, she gonna hit us. All right, so look, I wrote the poem. Now, it's a little bit after Mother's Day. I'm in a barbershop, and uh, it's a producer there, and everybody, like, hyping them up around the, around the barbershop. So I'm like, damn, this must be a big deal. Like. I need to try to rap something for him. But I only had that one poem. So I'm like, yo, can I rap something for him? I rapped it for him, he was like, yo, you hard. He ended up taking me to Atlanta, all type of shit, you know? So that's when I was like, oh yeah, I wanna rap, I wanna rap now. So when I started going back to school and shit, I just, I, uh, 
I started like writing more poems because I never used to write to music. So that's why I used to say it was poems because I never used to write the beats. It'd just be all three me just writing some shit. And then I end up doing, uh, I end up doing this thing called Louder Than a Bomb. And that's what Chance the Rapper did. Mm-hmm. So I end up doing that. Uh, they end up bringing that to my school, like as an after school activity. And I needed credits and shit. So I ended up doing that. And my school ended up losing, but it was a decent little experience. Ain't nothing come from it, but you know, it just helped me better my craft. Like, so yeah. Now, can we put you on the spot or no? Come on. Nah, you want me to, what do you want me to? <laughs> I want you to recite one of your poems. <laughs> nah. You don't remember? Okay, I, don't, so. I don't remember my, that's like, that was like, two, three years ago. Oh, okay, cool. And I didn't wrote so much music now that mm. I don't even remember what, what I said in that. Like, I, I swear to God, I was just trying to think about it like a couple of days ago in a car, I was trying to think about what the fuck was that poem? <laughs> I can't think about it because I didn't make so much new music. Mm-hmm. I forget that. Yeah. Now, I'm sorry. It's okay. You know, I feel like one day you're going to hit us on social media with a poem and niggas going to be like, oh, he really liked that for real. (laughs) Now, I do want to ask you throughout your journey of pursuing your career, what would you say were some major lessons that you've learned that you would like to share with others? Like with the music? Yes. Uh, I learned about the game, like... You can't trust everybody, you know? Cause at the end of the day, I mean, you gonna meet your people, your right team, but before you meet your right team, you gonna go through obstacles of people who you think is got your best interest, you know? And everybody don't got your best interest. At the end of the day, everybody wanna make some money, you know? So everybody might not have your best interest at heart. They putting their best interest at heart first. Then they gonna think about you later. But that's just the way life is. like. Unless you got kids, you're gonna put yourself first and then everything come after that. Mm-hmm. So that's really one of my biggest, don't be so gullible in this shit. Like, make sure you learn, you learn, get you a lawyer. Like, how your lawyer teach you the game, learn about everything music got to offer, learn before you sign any paperwork, before you do anything. Just make sure you get some knowledge, you know? Now, did you have any people prior to that kind of teach you and let you know or anybody that you could call on advice for when it came to handling business in the music? I know, for sure. Uh, my team now, before they was my team, I called, like, shout out Guap and Vibes. I called them before I got in paperwork with them to try to soak up some knowledge. Uh, now I got my lawyer, CEO Trail. That was one of the people in music who used to, he still do, just call me and give me the game, like, because he know what's going on, like, he know I'm getting office at the office at the office, he see it, you know, so, he'll call me like, look bro, just make sure you blah, blah, or make sure your strength, like, he, he teach me what he know. Mm-hmm. So, shout out to your child, fuck man. Yeah, yeah your child is definitely hard. How That's did y'all um, end up meeting? I ended up, uh, I ended up making a song called Hawkum. Hawkum. And 
dirty little bat, y'all end up posting on y'all page. Mm -hmm. <laughs> y'all end up posting on y'all page. And CEO Trail came across it from off the Dirty Glove Bastard. And he ended up DMing me like, send me an open. Now, I was on CEO Trail before the OK Cool. So it's like I'm somebody who I really listen to every day just DM me talking about send me an open. Now, I think I text him back like, what you mean? I told you. I had to go make sure it was his page. I had to make sure I was following him and shit. Yeah. I had to make sure it was real. Then he was like, send me an open, blah, blah. I I ended up putting him on the re I don't know, I wasn't even supposed to say that. Or well, cat out the bad now. He <laughs> on the off remix. He ended up getting on the song. I ain't put it out yet though. But that ended up like that started our relationship. Then we just started linking up and do, started doing more music. Now we got like five, six songs in a bag, like, and we still making more. We might go mixtape. I don't know. It's if y'all want it, if y'all want it, I don't know. Now I've heard your sound, of course, and I've also heard CEO Trail sound. So I'm really interested in oh, yeah. knowing how that dynamic is with the both of y'all. Man, bro, man, bro, like we think alike. Like it be it be times where we done did songs. I'm in Iraq and he in the A, and I'm I'm making a song for us, but it's for us to go back and forth. So I'm like rapping four bars and then I'm leaving it empty. Mm -hmm. Then I'm rapping four more and then leaving it empty. Now I send it to him and he'll just go on it. Like certain rappers you can't do that with. Like you gotta send him a whole little thing. Then they like me and him, and same with him. He'll make some shit, send it to me. You know. Like, mm -hmm. we work good together, and even when we in the studio now, we, I'm in the A, I'm finna go link up with him right after this. Trying to make some more music. Now, we excited, cause I need to hear the both of y'all on tracks together. Sure. I know that's gonna be crazy. Like, Thinking about dropping something this summer. So stay on the lookout, me and CEO Trail be thinking about dropping something this summer. Now, I wanna ask you, when you first came out, did you think that pursuing a career in rap would be something that was easy, or you already knew that you was gonna have to go through some stuff? Uh, see, before I dropped the song, I had a lot of people trying to grab me, you know? So I kind of felt like, all right, I can have a shot, but I knew it was still gonna be hard, you know? Cause a new rapper is made every day, every week, you gotta keep up with this shit. So I'm so I'm like, damn, well, they like me one time, and then they don't like me no more. Or, well, if I'm in one hit wonder, I make a song and they stop fucking with me. So really this shit do be, you gotta know when is your time. But I wouldn't say I was like scared it wasn't gonna work out. Mm -hmm. But I did know it was gonna come with some challenges. Like when I dropped my first song, everybody was on my Instagram saying, his voice squeaky as hell. We don't want to play that shit. That shit, you sound like a siren. I was like, damn. <laughs> where did they, did they, I was where, like, damn. Where did they post you at? They, uh, they put, when I dropped my first song, a lot of blogs was post, mm -hmm. was posting me and shit. Yeah, like a lot of blogs posting and shit. I was just reading all the comments. This one I was reading, cause now I don't read comments. Now I don't give no fuck. But back then I used to read it. My mama used to read them. Block used to read them. Yeah, but we wanted to see what motherfuckers was saying about all the, all the comments saying his voice squeaky as hell, siren, blah, blah, blah. 
But they said siren. Yeah, they said I sound like a siren. That hurt my feelings, bro. <laughs> but uh, then again, that was my first song. So I was still trying to learn my voice. I was still trying to learn my pattern, blah, blah. But now I feel like I grew on the people, you know? And I'm getting better with time. So now it's like, they like, oh damn, he sound better than how he did his first song, or, you know? So with it being like a lot of talent that comes out of Chicago, is it hard to really stand out as an artist there? I don't think it's hard to stand out. I just think a lot of people stuck on the same shit. You know, like mm-hmm. everybody still stuck on that 2013, 2014, 2012, Chief Keep Hurt. You know, like you gotta think outside the box with this shit. Like, like me, I'm from Ingle, I'm from 66 Marshfield. I don't do no dissing and no song. I can diss all day if I wanted to. I can talk about, I can shoot videos with a thousand guns. I can do whatever, you know? But I choose not to, cause they did that already. You know, like, when are we gonna switch it up? That's why every video you see me, it's a storyline and like, it's a real movie. I don't do no guns, I don't do no dissing, cause that's back then, we on some new shit. Like, shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Them was goats. Keith a goat. Herb a goat. All them goats, you know? But it comes at a point in time, like, you can't dwell on the past. And I feel like a lot of people in Chicago, they still doing the old shit when there's so much new shit that can be going on. Like, that's why I love Juice World. Because Juice World made it cool to not be a gangster. Like, well, I ain't even going to say not be a gangster, but... Juice Rail made it cool to not have to do all that. You can be your own self. You can be your own person. You know, you don't gotta do this because it's working for them. You can start your own wave. And that's what he did. And Shorty was that. Yeah. What's poppin', guys? It's JG here from Blowing Smoke. If you're a fan of fun, insightful, and breakthrough conversations, then be sure to check out and subscribe to the Blowing Smoke podcast, a show that covers life experiences and firsthand testimonies from some of the biggest names in your favorite industries. And all that brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip hop, powered by creators. You feel like the constant trend of dissing the ops that is very current to today. Do you feel like that trend kind of watered down the art of rap? Mm. <laughs> I got homies that still. Do. I don't know. I mean, I don't get no five tell them like that shit lame for real. Like, don't nobody want to hear that shit no more. Like, all right, what else you gonna talk about? I mean, first the people. I feel like it's the people fault too because they eat that shit up. Like, right. The fans they be all on YouTube trying to figure out who beef with who and who just shot at who, so they want to hear that. And then they get mad when the rappers keep doing that because they feel like y'all want to hit that. Like, I, my, some of my homies be like, man, look, and we need to put guns in the video. That's what the people want to see because they looking at other people's videos who got 500, 600,000 and they got 1,000 guns in their video. But then the fans will be like, they'll switch that shit. They'll be like, all right, but what else can you talk about? When you was just on this man dick for doing this. So now he feel like he need to keep doing this, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I started off not doing it. So y'all can't expect that from me, you know? But I do feel like this and this, I feel like it's goofy. Like, especially if you don't like these people, how you say you like them. Cause if you dissing them 
and they got rappers, all you finna do is bring more eyes on them because now the people want to see what the fuck they finna say back to you. You know, so now it's like y'all giving each other views, you know? Yeah, and then it never stopped. Like, it's just back and forth, back and yeah, forth. Yeah, back and forth until one of the rappers can't rap no more. And that so is shit. very well true. Now, yeah. speaking of inspiration, where does your inspiration stem from when it comes to your music? Uh, I don't know. I like telling a story in my song. I, I like without incriminating myself, you know? So I like telling stuff that I witnessed or been through you know, and just telling, like bringing the people in my life. So when they listen to it, they feel like they hearing it in 3D, like they seeing everything I'm saying, you know, cause everything I'm saying happened, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I like storytelling. I like making people feel like they there. So yeah. When did you realize that you were really buzzing throughout your city and even outside of that? Uh. Mm. Probably when I was going to other people's hoods to shoot dice and I hear somebody drive past playing my song. Like, I'm like, damn, how the fuck they know that? Or I see rappers posting my music or something like that, I'd be like, oh, damn, I'm in the door now. Like, there ain't no way around this, you know? Like, really it was when I end up getting booked, I end up catching the pipe case or whatever. While I was, that whole two week span of me, like in the, the county and all that, like three, four labels called about me. So I was like, damn, this shit serious. Like, I need to stop playing with this shit. Like, all this street shit, this shit, oh, it. I can really make a million dollars off this shit now. Wow, yeah. You know, like, mm -hmm. I'm sitting up here going through lawyers and the county and playing outside the rest of my life. Now I'm saying in the county, when I get out, Guapo hit me like, oh yeah, blah, blah, just reached out and blah, blah, reached out and we were supposed to drop your song on July 1st and blah, blah. I'm like, damn, I just tweet, you know? God forbid it ain't stopped nothing, but you know what I'm saying? Also, were you a little discouraged when you realized that like stuff is starting to take off for you and you gotta go sit down? I mean, well, see, I ain't had to sit down, sit down. Mm -hmm. I, I ain't had to go to prison. I, I just had to go to the county and then I got off on the band, mm -hmm. you know? But I was mad because that did limit, it, it limited me when I got out the county. Cause I, they ended up putting me, at first they were trying to put me on EM, no movement, when I got out the county. So that mean I can't go nowhere. So how I'm a rapping, can't go nowhere. I can't go to no interviews, I can't go to no shows, none. But I, shout out to my judge, they ended up, putting me on seven to seven curfew. So now I got a little leeway where I can go out to stuff, but I just gotta be home at seven. But I was mad cause I missed a lot of late night studio sessions and I could have came out with a big feature from it. Or shit, Lyrical Lemonade, I couldn't stay. I, had, I was supposed to go to this, like, I was, I was pissed off that I had to go in the house and stuff. And then when you, when you in the crib and you thinking about that, it just make you think like what's more important in life. You, especially when you didn't did that thing you had to do already, like, I don't owe the street shit no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't went through and did that thing. 
So I feel like it's time. Like this shit ain't gonna weigh on me, especially if I got the opportunity right now. Damn. You really just said some stuff, like you really just said, I don't owe the street shit. And I ain't never heard nobody ever say nothing like that. But that is a very powerful statement. Nah, for real. We grow up thinking like, like the street's cool. Most of it's because of the rap music. A lot of it's because of money. You know, like I was making a lot of money outside. I'm gonna tell you, I used to come home Hella money, even not the chicken shack shit, even not the heroes. I used to come on with hella money. Where the fuck you get this money from? Ma, I was just shooting dice. I just came, I just won 5,000, 6,000. There it go. I was making a lot of money outside. So it got to a point where you love being outside. You love the streets. And then you love being with your niggas. Like, y'all all getting money together. Damn, nigga, try you. Now you doing whatever you got to do. Now you got ops now, you gotta go, you ain't, you ain't gonna be no bitch, so now you gotta go stand on your word. Like, it came a point in time when we was in love with that, you know? But you can't be in love with that shit forever. Like, I feel like people who still in love with that shit don't know what the fuck going on, they look kids. Because the number one rule of the streets is to get out the streets, you know? So. I'm just glad my opportunity came now. Like, before it, I had to do something I ain't had no business doing. Or I got caught for doing something, you know what I'm saying? Right. Now, you got hella cosigns, and you got some big ones. So, you got ESCG, Dirk, G Herbo, Trail, and the list goes on. So, talk about how long it took for you to even receive these cosigns. Not long, for real. Like, if you look on YouTube, I only got like six, seven songs out. You know, like I just started dropping songs last year. But it's longer on the outside than it is in it because you're going through it every day. So sometimes you'll feel like, man, this shit not happening fast enough. But on the outside, y'all be like, nigga, what the fuck you talking about? You got a hundred and some thousand views, blah, blah, blah. You know? But everything, everything got his way. Everything found his way in this shit. But shout out them though. Shout out Swear, Swear, post me up a couple times. ESTG. We ain't asked nobody to post nothing. Like they just did it off the love. So that's that's what really made me know that I could turn up in this shit. Like if the big artists that I listen to fucking with me, I know everybody else gonna eat this shit up. Your style is crazy as hell. Like, when I listen to it, I'm like, okay, I cannot compare him or say that he sounds like anybody else. So, in your perspective, what would you say really separates you from other artists? That, I don't sound like nobody. Everybody said, like, all that squeaky voice shit, I'm glad I got that. (laughs) Or whatever it is, because can't nobody sound like me. Like, I don't. I don't make disses, so I'm not rapping about the same stuff as everybody else. Mm-hmm. My videos don't look like other people's. It's more directed, more than just pull up and shoot a running gun. You know, like, I come up with my own treatments. I come up with my own videos. The directors add on to it. So, yeah, all that I feel like make me a different artist than everybody else, than a pack. 
Cause I'm just on some bigger shit, you know? Yeah. And you can tell that you really put the time in for real. Like, oh, yeah, nah, when you sure. listen to music, I don't think people know that we, like, from an outsider looking in, I don't think they know that we know that they slacking on this lyric. Like, it's not, it's supposed to be sounding way better. But when I listen to your music, I can tell that you actually sit there, you contemplate, you really, like, think this shit through. For sure. I, I, I write all my music. I freestyle. I probably got, like, three, four songs that I freestyle that I just came up with. Not saying that I can't, but I be wanting to really put time and effort in my rhyme mm -hmm. because I don't want it to sound like everybody else raps. Because I feel like when you freestyle, you take a little bit of whatever you just got done listening to in the car because that's on your head. So that's what you're thinking about. When I'm writing, it's on some just woke up shit. Let me see what the fuck I come up with. Let me see how raw I can make this shit sound. You know? And then even with my videos, I sit and I listen to my songs and be like, damn, I need to be doing this in the video. I type it out. I need to be doing this in the video. Or, damn, right here at a minute and 16 seconds when I say this, this needs to happen in the video. You know? Like, I be trying to make sure I piece, piece everything together. Like, so that when people listen to it and watch it, they looking like, damn, mm -hmm. this little boy raw as fuck. You know? Like... This video raw as hell. Uh, what what the fuck he just say? That shit was just raw as fuck. I'm finna post a caption with you know. Like, uh. Now your single King of Inglewood. How did the city respond to that? <laughs> it was some whole ass niggas, man. <laughs> but at the same time, who gonna say I'm not? Like, I feel like wherever you from, you supposed to feel like you the king of that bitch. You know. And me just saying the King of Inglewood. I mean, of course, we all know it ain't no one King of Inglewood. King of Inglewood, if you're from Iraq, you know King of Inglewood too big of a place. See, people on the outside looking in, they think it's just 63rd where Vine I'm not from. <laughs> and then it's that 64th, since they don't understand that that shit go a long way. It's so many blocks with 63rd, 64th. I'm from 66th Marshfield, Inglewood. It's so much other Inglewood, you get what I'm saying? So there's no way it can be one King. But at the end of the day, you're supposed to feel like you're the king. You're supposed to feel like you're the best at whatever you do, you know? So if I say this, who going to say I'm not? Who going to, what, what you mean, you know? Period. <laughs> then I feel like I turned my section up. Like, I feel like where I'm from, it ain't no big rappers that I could have coattailed off of. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I got this shit out the dirt and I'm, the biggest rapper from my section. You get what I'm saying? Like, not the only rapper, it's a lot of other rappers from my section and they doing what they doing. I fuck with them. They going crazy right now. But I feel like because there was nobody that I could call on like, hey bro, I need you to post this up for me because you got 50 some thousand. Nobody even got more than 30,000 views on my shit. Probably less than that, 20,000 or 10,000, you know? My first song did like 70,000. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I'm the king of my shit. Like, who gonna say I'm not? And just touching back to where you said you had nobody to really like teach you this shit. Like you just, you did it. Um, when it comes to that, and for other artists who don't have as much resources, don't have nobody really showing them the ropes, in your perspective, how do you really work around that to get to where you need to be as an artist? 
at the end of the day, nobody don't owe you nothing. Uh, you learn that early on, you know? Only your mama care about you that much. Another motherfucker, you can feel like, say your homie just said 100,000. He don't gotta give you shit. And you can't get mad at him. I mean, of course you're gonna feel a certain way. Nigga, I hang with you every day. What the fuck you mean you're not gonna give me a hundred thousand? Uh, uh, a thousand at least. He not entitled to. So these rappers and shit, they not entitled to post my music or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. But I feel like when you got the platform you got, it is a, it make you look better that you wanna put on your people, you know? So that's why you will see me, I post damn near everybody from around you know, mm -hmm. like if I see it, I'll post it up. Same thing, that's why I commend Swerve. Swerve, shit. Everybody who posted that shit, ESDG. ESDG ain't had to do that. He posted me on his story, posted King Inglewood. That shit went up. You know, he ain't had to. And that's what I was here, but I ain't had nobody to just go. When I first started, mm -hmm. I didn't know no rappers, you know? Right. And there was no rappers from my section that big enough for me to hit, hit them and think that it's gonna blow up. Like, it's rappers from my session, but they not getting no 10,000 views. And you know what I'm saying? Right. So we gonna post each other music, but it ain't gonna do nothing. At the end of the day, if the people like it, the people gonna like it, you know? So when I started thinking like that, they start like not giving a fuck. Cause I used to send my songs to everybody DM. Really? <laughs> Ask Rick Ross. I just sent my song to Rick Ross like 30 times. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be mad as hell, bro. What the fuck is you doing so you can't open up your DM? <laughs> everybody, bro, I used to send my shit to Herb. Herb, if you scroll up, now we know each other. Like we text all day. But if you scroll up, I didn't probably send my song to you like 10, 20 times trying to get you to open that shit up. Like, Listen. I used to get mad they ain't open that shit up. <laughs> but then I had to think about it like, don't nobody owe me shit. And then, mm -hmm. bro, these fucking big ass people, they don't see that shit. You know? Right. You gotta go get this shit on your own and wait for them to see it. Cause like I said, if they like it, they like it. I ain't have to ask nobody to post my songs. They do it now off the love anyways, anytime they see it. Now, yeah. speaking of Herbo, I know y'all been in the studio together, so talk to us about that dynamic. Yeah, I fuck with Swear. Swear, hit me. I was at my studio session. He hit me like slats his studio session. I slid and shit. Uh, they had already knew who I was and shit. So he was like, man, play some of your shit. I played a song. He was like, man, this shit raw. I want to get on this shit right now. Mm-hmm. So me, me, Lil Wet. That's uh, another person be on the lookout for Lil Wet. His, uh, he come with some hard shit too. But me, Lil Wet, her, we end up doing a song and shit. Plan on dropping that this summer. Shit gonna be raw. Now, your latest single, Crash Out, which is still going crazy. Talk to us about that single and what it means to you. Shit, I, I, only, I can't even remember when I made Crash Out. But I just know that probably was like a five, six hour session. I was just listening to the beats. And when I heard the beat, I was like, damn, this beat raw as hell. I need to go in here and really talk my shit, you know? Mm -hmm. So then I started pulling up shit. And remember I told you when I used to write, I used to write without a beat. I used to just write songs and just rhyme. I was listening to the beat and I was just going through my notes like, damn, what can I put to this? And I stumbled across the crash out shit and it matched up perfect. So, yeah. Now, you know we waiting on a project. <laughs> we are waiting on a project. Let's talk about all the new stuff that you gonna have in the works for us. 
I want to, I want to come project, but I want to come project when it's time. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel like it's time yet because I still need to catch. Like, it's a lot of people who ain't heard Fast Money yet. And I feel like I got so many good songs that's going to be on that project, I want everybody to hear. Now, I could just drop it because I've seen a lot of people blow up. Just like Roddy Rich. Roddy Rich blew up off his little mixtape or whatever he had. Mm -hmm. And ain't nobody really know who he was. And when he dropped that, it blew up and he went crazy, you know? But I think because my videos is so raw now, I feel like I can keep, if I keep going single, 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 it's gonna catch. Then I'll come with the project, you know? So, I don't know, man. Probably this year, though, for sure. This year, I want to drop something for y'all, but y'all can expect a couple more singles. This summer, I'm doing something big, though. Big, like real big. Can I give a date? <laughs> I probably can't get no date. <laughs> Who can we expect with this something big? You can't even tell us, King. I mean, well, this summer gonna go crazy for sure. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm not even talking about the features. I'm talking about my own. I know. I got this one song that I'm planning on dropping. Well, I got hella raw songs, but this one song that I'm dropping for the summer, I know y'all gonna fuck with it. It's gonna blow all my other songs out the water. It's gonna blow all these other nigga songs out the water. Y'all gonna stop listening to them, I'm telling you. <laughs> then after that, I'm coming hard. Me and CEO Trail. Me and her, me, I can't speak too much, but there's no, it's a go. Forever go, man. It's all there. Bro. It's all there. Now, before we wrap up, do you have any last words or shout outs? Uh, shit, free who matter, man. My homie, little school, he just got booked yesterday. So free him, free everybody else. Free little thug, free everybody. Free everybody that matter. Uh, oh yeah, the kids. I wanna give y'all a message cause I don't want y'all to just be out here thinking that you gotta rap to be great or you gotta, it's other shit you can do. Stay in school, for real. Stay in school, try to get your education, make your mama proud. It's other ways to get rich. Don't just think selling drugs or don't be a follower in this shit. You gotta be your own man. Because once you realize how to be your own man, that's when shit gonna start looking up for you, I promise. Bro. It's 6.30, we been sending shots since 6 o'clock. That's how you see him, he'll be facing stuffed up in a box. Most my homies still attached to cases, wrap it up. What's up, world? It's your boy, Big Court, from the Holding Court Podcast. If you're a fan of authentic interviews with legendary artists and notable people in the culture, subscribe to the Holding Court Podcast. See, we a show that cover artist interviews, hip-hop culture, lifestyle, and current topics. Huh. We got the D-Boys and the B-Boys. See, HCP is where the streets and black excellence meet and is brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators.